Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Being confident in who you are and what you have to offer the world makes a huge difference. Have you been thinking of becoming a coach, but you're feeling a little nervous and not sure of your own abilities? It's time to gain some confidence in who you are and what you have to offer. It's time to learn the science behind confidence and how you can use confidence to help others change their lives. Join us for a live training and Q&A with John and Noel on October 16th at 11 a.m. To sign up, please visit journey.co slash confidence. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash confidence. See you there. Hey guys, we have a super important topic today. How to get over the fear of visibility. How new coaches can step into their role as a visible person. So in today's world, um, this is, I, I think this is soil. I think this is the beginning. And Noelle and I are going to give you our perspective on this topic. Uh, Noelle, who is sitting in the sun, petting her dog, I'm assuming having coffee and having a great day. Yes, all of those things are true. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. Yes, uh, it's important, you know, the little things, right? I mean, that's really all there is. Yes, and I love that. You always remind me of that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about visibility and coaches. I, you know, I, I think this is something that a lot of coaches uh, find frustration in because it's so noisy today. Frustration, fear. It's something that 10 years into my career with a pretty high level of visibility, I still struggle with. What, what's, what scares you about it the most? Because I know you and I are very different when it comes to this and the Internet stuff and social media. Um, and, and I've seen you actually really embrace and come a long way. But what's the biggest fear for you? Well, so I'll preface it with I think I'm really starting to hit my groove. And I think I, I found a way to dismantle the fear. Um, the fears that I have had have changed and morphed over the years in such tr- dramatic ways that it really tipped me off that there's always going to be something that scares you, right? Right. So in the early days, in the beginning, it was what will other people in my immediate circle think of me, my mother, my father, my ex-husband, whoever I might be talking about, you know, will that come back to bite me? And then I moved to a threshold where I just really didn't care anymore about any of that. Um, And then it was how are other people perceiving me? Is my voice valuable? Am I just speaking into a void? Is this important? You know, why am I doing this? And then I got enough feedback that I was like, oh, okay, no, like this is valuable. People are gaining things from it. And now I have moved into what does being a public person mean for the trajectory of my life? Mm. So it's start. It's interesting this process because it started with first um, family and friends upsetting them, um, the people that are close to you, and then it widened to uh, the world and their perceptions on your gifts and you know if your uh, content is good, if your articles hold up, all that stuff. 
um, and so so it's like rings that just kind of go out outer. There's layers. There's layers. There's layers. What were your fears? Did you have any? How did it start for you? Yeah, for me, um, it's interesting because uh, when I started, uh, uh, I, I think Facebook was around, but it wasn't big. Um, social media wasn't a thing. What was new was blogging. And so Tumblr was fairly new and it was very kind of emo and a, a, a public journal. And I got lucky because I was at a place in my life where I just didn't care about um, – I didn't have many friends. Uh, my, my family, they don't read English. <laughs> my, my brother's you know, busy raising kids. So I didn't care um, a lot about my inner circle because I didn't have much of one. And then I didn't think anyone would read it. So I just kind of started a blog for myself. And mm. I guess because of that, I wasn't really scared. Uh, and then, of course, the fear did kick in when I started to get um, compliments or, um, you know, uh, people saying, you know, they have a problem with it or whatever, pushback. Um, I started getting scared when people started to read my stuff. Um, but I, it made me so happy. I just I, I couldn't stop it. It was a form of expression. And for me, since I was going through my rebirth, that was important to me to um, allow myself to have a voice. Uh, so I. I, I did it for me, even though I was afraid. I think you just said something vitally important. And not that you don't say things that are vitally important all the time, John, <laughs> but this was a really good one. So you you did it for you and you did it yeah. um, really anchored in a sense of self. And so what came out of you was supremely authentic. And I think that that is true for so many folks. And I too have found that same catharsis when I really deeply write from the soul, it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in this digital age that we live in, that, um, that experience is not sufficient. It's also attached to validation, exposure. Yep. You know, so if yes. you're writing for yourself, if you're not putting anything out publicly, it just exists in this vacuum and it's gorgeous. But then what's the point? Yeah. And maybe this can be the kind of the, our first uh, uh, stake, our first flag in the ground, which is uh, you got to do it for you. And I've noticed in my career um, when I first started, of course, you know, I, I was still trying to find my voice and the writing wasn't that good. But it was very pure and it was very me, very potent. And then when I started partnering with other um platforms like uh, mind body green and other uh, you know bigger publications i noticed that i started to to write for other people and then my writing wasn't as good so you know um it, it just it just happens naturally you know and then you start fading into um it turning more also into work so being reminded of it you know and i think there's a balance because at the end of the day you know if you're writing for publications or partnering you know you do have to follow rules and think about you know, the snazzy titles and all of that stuff too. So I always told myself, and I think I told you a couple of times that when I passed the two year mark as CEO, I would start to tattoo my forearms. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, know, I didn't know that. And, I, and I've passed the two year mark and I haven't started to do it. And, you know, I think it still ties into this concept of visibility about like, what does this, what does being a public person, you know, mean in the world? And I've started, uh, I actually started to get some coaching around it, which I found really helpful. So for those of you who are listening at home and are saying, okay, well, you guys have been at this for 10 years, you know, your introspection is great. Where can I start? And I started working with a coach to understand how I wanted to show up in the world and what 
I thought was important about putting information out into the world. And so as John is saying, do it for yourself, I had to figure out what that meant for me before I could really begin. Yeah, and also the coach can actually make you accountable. So um, if you're doing it by yourself, you know, a lot of times people just drop the ball because they get scared or they don't feel like doing something. But once a coach is expecting homework or a blog post or a podcast or whatever you want to do, a video, um, that may be the thing that pushes you over to actually start getting some momentum and, and uh, telling your story and producing content. Yeah, and, and to do it in a way that works for you, to aim for a level of professionalism and enjoyment over perfectionism. Yes. Um, the most powerful mindset that uh, I, I don't think I could have done it or sustained it to, to, to this, like the nearly a decade if I didn't have this mindset, and that was uh, not to see each piece as its own thing because then you start to see them as like, you know, papers you turn in, which then require evaluation and grading and was it good. I just see content as this like flowing river and me taking a highlighter to my revelation. So I see everything that I've done and it doesn't matter on what platform. So whether it's Medium, Facebook, Instagram, it really doesn't matter. But I see everything as a long brushstroke of me documenting my life. And when I see it that way, I suddenly become less afraid because and that means that the stuff I put out doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be honest. I love that. And I think that's such a beautiful metaphor of a flowing river, that there's going to be a flowing river of information out there, whether or not you or I contribute to it. And, you know, as John was saying, this is the flowing river through which he documents his life, doing the work that I've done to figure out, you know, what my voice is, what my visibility is going to be like, I see it a little bit differently. I see it as I truly believe that the science of positive psychology can save people's lives. And if I'm not out there talking about this stuff and putting it out into the world, who will? Yeah, you know what I love about that is is you're actually not making it about you. No. Which makes you which makes you more fearless. Yes. And and it also makes me less visible in the process because I'm not out there, you know, talking about my direct experiences day in and day out in how I use a, a pos, applied positive psychology for my own, you know, daily life interventions. But I'm 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 mirroring the science out into the world. And my, yeah. my coach challenged me one day and she said, you know, Noelle, I know you're scared of being a public person. Guess what? I just Googled you and you're public. And and that really stuck with me. And I was mm. like, oh, man, like I'm there. And then she said, well, how do you feel about the your science? How do you feel about your level of expertise? And I was, you know, spot on. Hell yeah, I'm an expert. What I say is true. I will stand 100% on everything that I put out into the world. And so coming from that perspective of it's not me, it's the science is freeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when we think about um, that, it's me, it's it's uh, anything directed to uh, yourself and your ability, 
then we start getting shaky and scared because, of course, you know, many of most of us question if, if what we're doing is good or if people are going to like it. And I think it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, the, it, there are billions and billions and billions and billions of people in the world. The folks who find, you know, my very technical offerings on positive psychology interesting are probably not the same people who want to watch John slide down the banister of a bank or an elevator, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. right? Right. And, and well, well, but th- but there's beauty in that. Yeah, and that, that's what makes us unique and different. We can't all be the same. We don't, and we don't have to be the same. And when we're coming yeah. at this, you know, saying, okay, how can I shed my skin? How can I be a visible person? I think it's important to look around for role models. Yes, and this is, I think, maybe number two um, with the explosion of you know, social media now becoming just media and the way that we live and all of that. Uh, It's so easy to compare. And especially as coaches, it's really easy to see other coaches and try to be like them just because they have a following or because uh, maybe you look up to them or whatever. And by doing that, you're going to water yourself down. I think that you can water yourself down in terms of the um, damage that comparison does to your psyche. But when we're taking it from a perspective of, you know, role modeling or I love what this person is doing out there in the world, that's when you really start to hone in on, you know, who do I want to be? How do I want people to perceive me? Where do I want to be in five years? So when I... That could be inspirational. That's a good thing. It can be 100% inspirational. And it's a great way to look out into the future and say, wow, somebody's doing this in a way that doesn't freak me out. Why not me? The the other part is um, I think you have to see what your best foot forward is. Um, I think you have to notice and maybe through exploring and actually doing it. But um, are you a writer? You know, is that your strength? Are you better on video? Are you uh, 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 better with audio? Like there's so many different platforms now. You have so many choices. When I first started, I mean, it was just people were just blogging and that was it. You know, um, people weren't putting phones uh, to their faces and doing videos like that. There, I mean, there were a lot of polished edited videos, but there weren't people just talking. Today, um, people are doing everything. So I think everyone should try everything. But because it takes time to find your voice, like you said, um, I would put my best foot forward and you got to kind of know what that is. Yeah. What do you think about that? I, I love that. And then going back to your river, river metaphor, you know, the way that content is produced and consumed will continue to change. So I have switched from long form content over to mostly mm. podcasts over the span of maybe three or four years. And podcasting is something that I can honestly say I never thought I would see myself doing, but I genuinely love because it's verbal, it's dexterous, I'm on my feet, I get get to talk to cool people. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think you're uh, very, well, I think you're talented at both, obviously. Um, but I also don't want you to stop writing because you're such a talented writer. Do you know what's interesting is I only truly write deeply for our organization because it's that personal to me. So only our coaches are the ones who get my deep thoughts. And so I do do it, you know, but only semi-publicly. And that works for me right now. There might come a time where, you know, from an emotional perspective, I'm comfortable with just like really putting it all out there, but I'm not there yet. 
Yeah. And and also what I know about you is you're not a big fan of um, videos and webcams. So when you do uh, sessions with your clients, that's via phone. Yep. It's 100% via phone. And so that I think that's another really great point. And that might be our third point is know yourself and and work with yourself instead of against yourself. That is such a huge part of coaching. I had a client ask me, yesterday he was really struggling in a lot of different directions and he brought to me this example of someone else in the world that he admired and said you know what are we doing like what is the point of all of this maybe i should be like this guy and i said to him you know do you like that guy and he said no not really <laughs> I, I i don't and so i said oh right. so there's this idea of somebody out there in the world that you think you should be like and then upon examination you don't even really like the fellow. So if you're kind of turning that lens inwards and saying, all right, where am I experiencing resistance? Am I experiencing resistance because there's something that isn't a good fit with me? Am I experiencing resistance because this is something that scares me? Am I experiencing resistance because this isn't a good idea? You know, all, yeah. all of those things can be true and super valid. Here, here's where I think that a lot of people don't, um, they either don't think about or understand and it's that this is a process meaning you have to in order to be good at anything because i think it's an art whether you're writing or doing videos or uh, even life coaching is an art right so it takes practice for you to find your groove your voice your way in and if you don't start you'll never even get to the point where you are finding traction so a lot of people they'll do you know they'll do it once they'll do you know maybe three um three episodes of a podcast or they'll quit early without finding their voice and the thing is that they're not giving themselves a fair chance because they could have been better at it but they're just warming up and they judge their warm up not what they're really capable of doing yes and you know in this in this world of solo entrepreneurs especially in the coaching world this is where community can save you because you will get mm. feedback from other people who actually have your best interests in heart. If you're a writer and you join a writer circle, everyone there yeah. is committed to writing. If you're a coach and you join a coaching community like ours, everyone there is committed to your success as a coach. And, and it keeps you on the path of when you say I'm scared, someone will reach out and say, let me give you my hand. Yeah, and that's the thing that we do in our intensive, and I love that. So from branding to social media uh, to encouraging um, other people to do their projects and, and you know, whatever that makes, makes them feel alive and then using um, our students and graduates in our community as not only a sounding board but also um, – coaches to make you accountable yeah. and seeing other coaches and, and inspiring you. I mean, that that's, the, it's an incubator. It is an incubator. It's a little ecosystem and you can create this for yourself in your own communities. I know one of our coaches who lives in New England started um, a wellness based contingency with her local chamber of commerce to bring mm. together every single wellness practitioner, whether it's a coach or a social worker or a Reiki healer into the same fold and say, how can we support and inspire each other to put our voices out into the world because collectively this is important yes um maybe we can end with this and it's that we at journey believe that your story is is gold 
and this and this is something that um you know it's not just something that that's a bumper sticker or a saying we actually really believe this and i think it's what makes us different than a, you know a lot of other coaching companies and since we believe your story is gold we help you encourage you promote you uh share your story and by sharing your story and this is what happened to me that will eventually turn into an audience um and then and then some kind of um coaching opportunity so whether it's one-on-one sessions or retreats or books or you know um all the stuff that 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 uh that people are doing these days um that's for me i think that's kind of how it all begins is with your story it's true and if we really want to get down to it me emailing you as a stranger across the country with my story is is the first step that led to me becoming the ceo of our beautiful company yeah it's um it's just the way the world works (laughs) you know people don't follow people they follow stories stories move us stories are what makes us feel less alone in the world you know all of that stuff i think even when you're coaching people what are we doing we're hearing people's stories you know and so um that's how you get visible is to share your story beautiful well guys thanks for listening and you know as a reluctant public person um push harder keep going you will impact your own life and help so many others yes and if you're afraid remember your story is bigger than you all right guys be well